Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. Or you could tweet us throughout the show, at AWOD Radio, at 910 The Fan. We want to open up the phone lines right now, 833-804-0910. The question of the day is, is Sam Howell... Washington's franchise quarterback, 833-804-0910 here on the Richmond Commander. We do this segment every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for the phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. So I am so sold on Sam Howell being our guy, and I, I've been sold for a few weeks, honestly, but I just don't know how you could have watched that game and not been like, wow. I mean, this guy's incredible, right? And so what I love about what Sam Howell has done is it seems like he's outdueled almost every quarterback that he's faced this year outside of Jalen Hurts and outside of Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills. I mean, that's what you need out of your quarterback, right? This season, I told you guys, wins and losses don't matter. The defensive side of the ball doesn't matter. We need to find our franchise quarterback. Then Josh Harris can clean house completely, bring in a GM, and the GM can find a coach. And that coach can decide if he believes in Sam Howell, if he wants to go out and draft a different guy. But it's all about finding out what we've got in Sam Howell this season. So you look throughout the schedule this season, Sam Sam Howell outdueled Josh Dobbs week one. He outdueled Russell Wilson week two. Josh Allen got him week three. I would say that Jalen Hurts got him week four, even though the Eagles won that game in overtime and Sam Howell had 290 yards passing and a touchdown. Jalen Hurts had over 300. It's hard to argue that Sam Howell had a better game than Justin Fields on Thursday Night Football, but nobody had a good game that one. Then he outdueled Desmond Ritter. Then he had the stinker against the Giants, and that was just that was a product of the offensive line not being able to block for him at all whatsoever. I mean, remember looking back at that game, he only had 2.2 seconds to throw the ball. Unless your name is Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady, you're not going to have success with just 2.2 seconds to throw the ball. He bounced back by having a really good game against Jalen Hurts the second time against Hurts, in which Hurts had 319 yards. Howell outdueled him. With four touchdown passes and 400 yards total combined with passing and running the football. Then last week, he completely outdueled Mac Jones in the 20-17 victory over the Patriots as Hal had 325 yards, one touchdown, one interception, much better than Mac Jones, 24 of 44, 220 yards, one touchdown, and one pick. As we look towards the rest of the season here, it's going to be interesting to see how Sam Howell matches up. It's against a guy like Geno Smith. He will face up a backup against the Giants. We'll get a chance to see him twice go up against Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Then it's Tua. Then it could be Matthew Stafford, Zach Wilson, and Brock Purdy. I I almost guarantee you're going to see Sam Howell beat up on the Jets and Zach Wilson in that individual matchup there. Zach Wilson looked terrible last night as the Chargers rolled the victory 27-6 to in which Wilson 
had 263 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but took eight sacks. And it, what I noticed was last night, and Zach Wilson was drafted high by the Jets, and they believed in him to be their franchise quarterback, and I get it. They then traded for Rodgers, so obviously they didn't really fully believe in him. But Zach Wilson has been starting since Rodgers went down, and what I noticed from Wilson was when he scrambles and he makes time in the pocket and then he throws on the run, and it's just not accurate. And I noticed that three or four times last night where he was you know, kind of keeping a play alive and then throwing to the tight end and it's over his head. Throwing to the wide receiver and it's at his feet. That's the thing that I love about Sam Howell is these unscripted plays, he's been at his best, right? You think about the play where he rolled out to his right and threw it completely across the uh, across his body to the other side of the field and hit Byron Pringle. And he hit him perfectly in stride. You think about the times where he rolled out to the right and, and then threw it deep to the um, to a streaking Jahan Dotson or to Terry McLaurin. Throughout the season, not just this past weekend against the Patriots, Sam Howell's been impressive at these plays where it's like, hey, the guy's not open. You got to scramble. Get into scramble mode. And he struggled with holding the ball too long in those situations earlier this season and took a ton of sacks. But he's cleaned that up pretty well over the last two weeks with just two sacks per game and the offense scoring 51 points in the last two games. Do you believe Sam Howell is the franchise quarterback? I believe so. I think he's the most talented quarterback we've had since Kirk Cousins and his ability to run, his mobility is so much better. It's miles ahead of Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins on third and 23 would have ran for two yards and slid. Sam Howell ran for 18, didn't go down, trucked a defender, shed a a tackle like a tight end, and muscled forward for 24 yards. You can't teach stuff like that. You can't. He is a gamer. He's got moxie. He's got all the great things that we were hyping up from Taylor Heineke last year with a better arm, more strength, and better accuracy. And I think I think you also have to point out the fact that his NFL IQ seems to be improving rapidly. They, they've done a great job of teaming him up with Coach Eric Bieniemy. That's why I was so excited for this season. I thought Ron Rivera won the offseason, not with the free agent signings, definitely not with his draft picks, but the fact that he brought over one of the most talented offensive minds in football from Kansas City where he had won two Super Bowls and teamed him up with a young quarterback in Sam Howell. Sam Howell statistically is a top five quarterback this season in yards and touchdown pass. Like, that is just wild to think about. And and we're questioning whether or not he's our franchise quarterback. We should be propping him up, talking about all the positives that he's brought to this commander's team. So, yes, I believe we found our franchise quarterback. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. I felt like I didn't do enough of a victory Monday yesterday. We were talking college football. We were focused on VCU season opener and college basketball around the ACC and locally here. But uh, I want to make this a victory Tuesday. I'm avoiding talking about VCU basketball for the rest of the show. So please call in and talk commanders with me. Talk Skins with your boy Awad. Skinny skin skins who are now four and five and have a shot to be the last wild card team in the NFC. 833-804-0910. Call Awad. 833-804-0910. Or tweet me at 910thefan or at Awad Radio. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back.
Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Lane Casadante will join us to run around local sports in Richmond, Virginia at 2 p.m. Then we'll talk a little NBA in Washington Wizards with Chase Hughes. Covers the Wizards for Monumental Sports. He'll join us at 2.30, but I wanted to continue this Commander's conversation. Do a little Commander's Corner, thanks to our friends at Hogs Haven. They put together a list of studs and duds from the Commander's game against the New England Patriots. If you want to chime in, give me your thoughts on who was a stud and who was a dud. It's 833-804-0910. Taking their list and also added a few of my own guys on here. And the number one stud has to be Sam Howell, right? Slinging Sammy Howell, the big third down conversion, the touchdown pass that was a beauty to Jahan Dotson, uh, the ability to have a second half comeback. This was a game in which the Commanders trailed 17 to 10. Unlike the last game against the Phil, uh, against the Eagles, where they gave up 21 points in the fourth quarter, it was the Commanders who scored 10 second half points to get the 20 to 17 win. Sam Howell is stud. Number one, another stud I'm going to point to, Jahan Dotson. For the second game in a row, Dotson played a big part. Part of that is because Curtis Samuel suffered that toe injury and missed the game, but he had four catches for 69 yards and a really pretty touchdown grab. I I will also say that Dotson is on my dud list because he had two drops. So the stud in Dotson made two great catches, four catches on the night, uh, but two of them were clutch. And then he had two bad drops, and so I have to include him in the studs and the duds. Another stud was Terry McLaurin, the leading receiver. He had five receptions for 73 yards, and uh, he made up for the two bad drops in the Eagles game. Surprisingly, Antonio Gibson was a stud, and part of that's because Brian Robinson had a good performance, but I have to include him in the duds because he had that costly turnover. Can't fumble the ball. You definitely can't fumble when you're inside of your own territory, and he gave the Patriots the ball in the red zone. But Gibson ran tough between the tackles. He also caught all five of his targets for 42 yards. Uh, When he was asked to block, he did that and um, was also decent on kickoff returns, helping the commanders get some decent field position. When they have a good one-two combo of Gibson and Brian Robinson Jr., I think Biennemi feels more comfortable running the football. When one of those guys is struggling, I think he runs just to set up the pass, not like run to have success. And uh, too often this season, we've seen this team run on first down for one yard or no yards and set up second and 10. But what Biennemi has done successfully is when he throws on first down, you get six or seven yards, then he'll run on second and short. And that's where we've seen most of the successful runs this season when the defense is thinking, hey, we could pass or throw uh, or run, and he's caught them off guard. Another stud has to be Emmanuel Forbes. Uh, they believe that he had his best game as a pro against the Patriots. I kind of think he had his best game against the Broncos when he had that interception of Russell Wilson. Uh, but he was solid against the Patriots, nearly had an interception if it wasn't for the Patriots receiver getting away with an offensive pass interference, pulling Forbes' da- hand down when he was going for the catch. But he, he showed up on the film. He showed up in the highlights. Uh, Forbes was all over the field, left side, right side, defending passes, getting pass deflections, and, and really 
just playing the position well. And I know a few people on social media pointed to Daryl Green talking with Forbes last week at FedEx Field. Maybe uh, the Hall of Fame cornerback was able to give Forbes some confidence, but I also think his teammates gave him confidence. We talked about this yesterday. After the game, you saw multiple defenders for the Washington Commanders posting on Twitter about how good Forbes was, saying don't call it a comeback, but it's a comeback for Emmanuel Forbes. And I think part of the reason why he struggled was confidence. He saw he was getting destroyed on social media, and I hate when professional athletes check social media. Like, you're getting paid millions of dollars. Delete the stupid Twitter app. Who cares about Elon Musk and X? Uh, you're, you're a millionaire. But he was blocking people and deactivating his account, so you knew that it was affecting him emotionally, and because of that, it was affecting his play, his physical play, on the field. Quan Martin has to be included in the studs. He grabbed a game-sealing interception um, after the ball tipped through Smith-Schuster's hands late in the fourth quarter on the Patriots' final drive of the game. They were in field goal range, so not only was that a game-sealing interception, it was a game winning play by Quan Martin. If he drops that interception, Patriots still have another opportunity to get the first down or perhaps kick a long field goal to send the game to overtime. Duds, you have to include Deami Brown. Sam Howell loves Deami Brown. They've got a good connection. They've got chemistry. The two play together at North Carolina. But the drops have become a big issue. And uh, our boys at Hogshaven say the drops have become more magnified as his career progresses. And I would rather see Jameson Crowder get the opportunity than Deami Brown because I know I can trust the hands of Jameson Crowder. Uh, they included Percy Butler as a dud. I don't know if I saw enough of him to include him in the studs or the duds. But I disagree with them including Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen as the duds. They say aside from some uh, from a few plays in the game, this duo was virtually invisible. And was outplayed by John Ridgway. We need to expect more from these two. I did notice that they didn't flash as much. But Jonathan Allen had one big play uh, stuffing the run. Deron Payne uh, got past the offensive line and forced a quick throw by Mac Jones uh, once. And look, it's not like Ridgway was out on the field alone making those plays. He was still alongside either Mathis, Payne, and Allen. And I think James Smith-Williams and Casey Tuhill were decent as well, but I don't know how you could have watched that game and said, we kind of don't miss Chase Young and Montez Sweat. No, we absolutely missed Chase Young and Montez Sweat because we got zero sacks. Patriots team that was giving up a few sacks a game, and we just didn't get enough enough pressure. And I thought it was a, a, a bold defensive performance. It was a lot of bend but don't break. They did still have that bad explosive play, the 64-yard rush by Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, but it was a performance by the defense that you can build off of, and that's something that I'm happy about. And I absolutely 1,000% agree with their final dud, and that's the refs. This was a terrible game from the Zebras. The refs didn't know what they were calling on the field, and it was highlighted by K.J. Henry's first career sack, and a forced fumble being called back for the worst roughing the passer call of all time. Of all time. He just tackled the quarterback who still had the ball in his hand. Last time I checked, that's what you're supposed to do in football. That's what you're supposed to do. This is a physical game. 
All right, it's a dangerous game. And and I hate this excuse that people say where oh the NFL has to invest their investment. They have to protect their investment. They've got to take ter- care of the quarterback cuz those are the faces faces of the franchise, the faces of the league. Yeah. But you're going to lose interest if you keep calling roughing the passer penalties like that that are just so absurd that make people want to turn off the game. I mean, seriously. I'd rather watch soccer. I'd rather watch tennis than see an NFL game where I grew up loving it because of the hits, because of the sound effects, because of the helmet-on-helmet contact that looks so awesome when you were a kid growing up. And now anytime you see any kind of big hit, there's laundry on the field. I don't know about you guys growing up. I didn't like to do laundry, and I definitely don't like to see a lot of laundry on NFL Sunday. And the refs were horrible in the game against the Patriots. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll go around the NFL next on The Fan. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD. You're listening to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. It's time to go around the National Football League. All the best storylines and get you set up for Week 10, Recap Week 9, and then officially turn the page here on NFL Hits. Every regular season matchup, every head coach on the hot seat, the hit stories in the NFL, NFL Hits on A1 Radio. All right, so I found this story online from Sporting News, and I actually totally agree with it. So during the season... Right During the offseason, I mean, we talked about the AFC, in particular the AFC East, as the best division in football, right? I mean, it's pretty top-heavy. Got the Buffalo Bills, won the division last year, made it to the playoffs, lost their home game to the Bengals. Got the Miami Dolphins, came on strong last year. They're 6-3 and three top of the division right now. We expected the Patriots to be at or above 500. We expected the Jets to be excited Exciting with Aaron Rodgers. Turns out the AFC East really is top-heavy because besides the Dolphins and the Bills, the other two teams are at 500 or below. The AFC South has been surprising with Jacksonville 6-2. Houston, decent. They're 4-4. And and the Colts have come on strong. They're 4-5, led by Gardner Minshew. Obviously, with the AFC West, it's Kansas City and Chargers are trying to Stay around 500. Uh, last night, I knew they were going to win because I thought that team is way too good to be 3-5. and five. They defeat the Jets easily and get to 4-4. Four and four. Over in the NFC, we knew that the NFC East was going to be the beast of the East with the Eagles. You know, I kind of expected them to win 12-13 games. Dallas has been up and down. They're 5-3 and three on the season. And New York and Washington, not very good, right? New York last year was like, at this time, they were probably 7-2. Now they're 2-7. and seven. Last year, they made the playoffs. This year, they're going to finish the season with a backup quarterback. Washington sits at 4-5, and five, just a mediocre football team. The NFC North is decent with the Detroit Lions 6-2 and two and the Vikings 5-4, and four, but Green Bay and Chicago have not been very good this year. The NFC South with the Saints at 5-4, and four, the Falcons 4-5, and five, and then the other two teams are way below 500. The NFC West needs to be mentioned here as a decent 
uh, decent division, especially because San Francisco's five and three, even though they've lost three straight. Seattle's five and three. They have a game against the Commanders this weekend. Rams and Cardinals, though, have just been awful this year. And so, what's been actually the best division in football? Well, according to Sporting News, they say the AFC North is the toughest division in the NFL currently. This weekend was a historic one for the NFL and the AFC North because the Steelers, the Ravens, the Browns, and the Cincinnati Bengals all won their respective games on Thursday and on Sunday. Now, each team stands with a record that's over 500. Could this be the division that gets all four teams into the playoffs with Baltimore representing the AFC North and Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Cincinnati, all five and three, being three wild card teams. This would make the first time since 2002 when the league realigned with four teams in each division that each team in a division had a winning record at the conclusion of the ninth week of the season. What's more, if the playoffs were to start today, all four of the teams in the AFC North would be represented in the seven-team playoff field, with the Baltimore Ravens being the one team with home field advantage. How about that? Did not predict the AFC North to be this good. I, I did pick the Baltimore Ravens to be my Super Bowl champions. And Josh, if the Super, if the Ravens are Super Bowl champions, I see you at Chick-fil-A today. I will be buying you Chick-fil-A every day for a month. Holding you to Th- it. That's how good that bet is. Holding you to it. It's a little it. $10 bet that's going to uh, <clears throat> make me like $3,000. So I'm all in on the Ravens. Hey, I believe in those Ravens this season, man. They're strong, strong. Pittsburgh, we should have known that they'd be above 500 because Mike Tomlin has never, ever, ever, ever finished the season below 500. Cleveland's the interesting piece here because they they still don't have a quarterback, right? Deshaun Watson, not been good. P.J. Walker has filled in. I mean, they're winning games solely with their defense and Miles Garrett. And then the Cincinnati Bengals. That's the team that I really like in this division. I liked them at the start of the season, but they started slow. And part of that is because of Joe Burrow's calf. This was a team that was 0-2 and barely won on Monday Night Football against the Rams, avoiding going 0-3. Then they had a stinker against the Titans, and everyone thinks, oh, the sky is falling in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow's not the guy we all thought he was going to be. Then he got healthy. Win against the Cardinals. Win against the Seahawks. Tough win over the 49ers. Tough win over the Bills. And just like that, the Bengals have gone on a four-game win streak from one and three to five and three on the season. And that's a team that I expect to not just compete for a playoff spot. I expect them to compete with the Ravens for that division. And I'm looking at the Bengals to win a playoff game once again. Uh, Ravens have the Browns this weekend. So we'll see if they can stay uh, on top of the division. They've got a two-game lead over the rest of the teams. But then a very interesting matchup Thursday night against the Cincinnati Bengals. That is going to be a ton of fun as we get to AWOD's power rankings here nine weeks into the NFL season with Week 10 beginning Thursday night. I've got to keep Kansas City as my top dog, number one, because of the fact that this is Patrick Mahomes. Like, 
Patrick Mahomes is unbelievable. And every time you watch him play, he does things that are incredible. And you're like, I've never seen a quarterback do that before. You know, there was a play this past weekend where on third down, I don't even think he got the conversion, but he ran to the inside, juked a cornerback, got to the outside, and nearly picked up the first down. And it's not like he blows you away with the speed of Michael Vick, right? It's not like he blows you away with his speed, but it's, you know, it's his footwork that he's able to kind of plant his inside leg and then get to the outside and make a cornerback fall to the ground, right? And he can outrun all the edge rushers and all the linebackers. And he plays at his own speed. And he doesn't seem to be, uh, you know, out of control at times, but he's just doing everything he needs to do. Number two, I will include the Eagles. They're 8-1. and one. They have the best record in the NFL. For me, for me, number three is actually the Detroit Lions. Number four, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Five, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Six, I like the Miami Dolphins. Seven, I hate to say it, but I think I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. There are a ton of teams that are five and three. I would put the Cowboys ahead of most of these five and three teams. Uh, Then I'll go Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Seattle, and Cleveland to round out the top ten. If you want to chime in throughout the show, phone lines are open. It's 833-804-0910. We are celebrating Election Day, but we're not taking the political approach. We're taking the sports approach. We are going to elect the best player in every sport currently. We had Brian, the traffic reporter, on here earlier at 1245. You can rewind if you missed any of that segment on the Odyssey app. He, He started us off for baseball choosing... Bryce Harper. We have officially elected Bryce Harper as our president of baseball. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. We continue with our Election Day sports coverage next on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910. We're doing an election-themed show, but we're staying away from politics, talking sports. We're electing the best player in every sport. And uh, Brian, the traffic reporter, elected Bryce Harper as the best baseball player And uh, a few tweets have come in here that disagree with Brian. Uh, McCaffrey's burner says Bryce Harper is not better than Aaron Judge or Ronald Acuna. So you can always chime in. Every vote matters. 833-804-0910. And we're hanging out with Kat Simons here. K-Wad. And uh, I I told you I had to issue a public apology. So we've been doing our Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool. And we started with... 22 people inside the office. Yes. JC on the mic, one of the first to be eliminated. (laughs) Then Christopher Carlson, my producer, Stubb went down. Uh, We lost Rebecca Wild. We lost Olivia. We lost Melissa. We lost Tiffany. 
We, we lost you. We, then we lost me. <laughs> and uh, that was disappointing. But you stayed in it. And so yeah. I, I tried to dub you KWAD. Which I'm always going to be KWAD, even though I lost. Yes. And I told you to pick the Patriots. And look, my reasoning was that the Redskins had not defeated the Patriots in 20 years and had right. never won a game in Gillette Stadium. So they should have won. Yeah, the Patriots should have won, and they had every chance in the world. And uh, you know what? They're having a they're having a down year. And uh, so I apologize. It's okay for making you choose the Patriots. There were so many easier games. You could have chosen the Browns or the Saints. And so no. here's who's left. Okay, tell right, me, we went tell from me. the Elite Eight yeah. to the Super Seven. Oh, that includes Zach McHugh, the voice of God. Yes, Jenny. Our, oh, our sports grandma. Yeah, Jenny. Uh, Rick is still in it. All right, Rick. Amy's made it so far. Oh, I, her husband's helping her out. Oh, okay. I, I know that for a fact. <laughs> uh, Michael Phillips is still in it. Good. Gary Hess representing the uh, sports department and yes. WRVA. Jeff Wicker as well. Jeff is still in it. Yeah, there. I know. Oh, he got And he uh, takes it so seriously. That's yeah, why it's he so does. much fun. He, he I, I see him. He's so old school. He's writing it down on a piece of paper, <laughs> and he's like crossing it out. I, I do everything on my phone or my laptop. Jeff's got all these scrap pieces of paper oh, with his picks for the week. <laughs> yes, he does. He takes it very seriously. Yeah. But I got to tell you what. The Texans. Yeah. They have this guy running back. Devin Singletary. I am so impressed with him. So anybody who thinks I don't actually watch, <laughs> I do watch football. But that was like, I couldn't believe he was doing that. He's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and C.J. Stroud had a good game, and the Texans uh, defeated the Buccaneers uh, over the weekend. So uh, phone lines are open if you want to chime in, 833-804-0910. Basketball season's starting. I know. So why don't you why don't help do us out again? here? We are electing a best player, best athlete in each sport. So I, I know you're a sports fan, Kat. I am a sports fan. Okay. But what sport are you giving me? Well, you can choose. Of all the sports, who, like, what athlete comes to mind when you think of the best athlete out there right now? Because I used to always say LeBron James. Now he's old. He's 38 now. It's, that's not old. <laughs> oh, my God. That's not old. Well, I would have to probably go to NASCAR because I'm a, really oh, been okay. watching NASCAR. Okay, I don't have NASCAR then on my I've, list, so who would you choose? I've watched NASCAR forever. I was a huge fan of Dale Earnhardt. Yeah. You know, um, and Bill Elliott and all those guys. So one of them, you okay. know? Okay. I like that. I, you know? Yeah. And, I will. I will, uh, but basketball, I will defer to you on, on NASCAR. All right. And you can you can ask me about basketball when we get a little further into the season. Okay. So for football for me, <laughs> I'm going to elect Patrick Mahomes Ooh. as the best player in the National Football League. Yeah. I don't think it's very close. I, I think nobody does what he does at his consistency week in and week out. Mahomes just makes magic happen. You're right. It's so much fun to watch him play. He's won two Super Bowls. He was at another uh, and um, I think he's this generation's Tom Brady. Like, you better yeah. get used to seeing Patrick Mahomes play wow. on, on Super Bowl Sunday. You know what? You're right. I agree with you, A-Wad. There we go. K-Wad, K-Wad. <laughs> K-Wad, hey, Are we going to do something when we get close to the big game and there's only two? Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. No, you you know I like the competition inside Yay. of the office because I, I think it, it creates some drama. I you know, when it. you go to get coffee or you go to the kitchen to get water, oh, yeah. it's always boring. Oh, how the weather's today. <laughs> I want to get into it. Oh, your football team stinks. <laughs> I know, right? Well, you brought it back, and we thank you. Of course. All right, um, so for baseball, we had Brian choose Bryce Harper. Uh, if you want to chime in, and 
You have somebody else you'd like to elect as the president of each sport. It's 833-804-0910. For hockey, I'd have to choose Alex of Alexander Ovechkin. That's I a mean, given. The Russian machine never breaks. Oh, he has yeah. not been hot oh. this year, uh, but he's still my goat. And I don't know enough about hockey to choose Connor Bedard or McElhugh or all these other crazy Canadians uh, that play in the National Hockey League. For tennis... Yeah, wow. any thoughts? Who would you choose for tennis? <laughs> Martina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going Novak Djokovic. Yeah. And and it, I was a hater of Djokovic for a long time. I grew up loving Andre Agassi. Oh my gosh, right? yes. Yes. Love yes, that yes. bald man. Oh, yes. <laughs> you probably remember when he had I, hair. I do. Right? I don't and remember him with hair. I only remember him uh balding. Uh but then I became a big Roger Federer fan. And he's yes. classy. He is. And uh, I, I think he would represent tennis well. If we were going to choose a president, he would represent us way more than Novak Djokovic, who's a clown yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah, has yeah. been known for being a clown. But uh, he is the best tennis player of all time. And oh, yeah. he has the most records and he has the most grand slams and he's not stopping. He's going to keep this up for at least another five years. Do you watch enough soccer to, to chime <laughs> in on soccer? No. I think you still have to pick Lionel Messi, even yeah. though he's he's getting up there in age, and now he's he's, he's come to America here. Uh, but it's just so cool I to like watch soccer. him play because he's so tiny, right? <laughs> and he doesn't even move that well on the pitch. He kind of walks, and he chooses when to sprint, when to run. Mm-hmm. And then he's unbelievable when he has the ball at his feet. And um, he finally won the World Cup for Argentina. That's, That's something right. that Cristiano Ronaldo has never done for Portugal. And I, I have always... Picked Ronaldo over Messi, but I lost respect for him now that he went to Saudi Arabia and oh. took the Saudi money. Mm. Oh. Uh, he should still be playing at a high level. Yeah. Uh, instead, he's you know he's playing with guys that really are not very good. Um, best coach in sports. He knows everything. Oh. I am impressed. Oh, ooh, I might have to have you on the show more. I like oh when people give me compliments goodness. like that. So Who, smart. Who's the best coach in all of sports? Huh. Who's one name that comes to mind for coaching? Oh, my goodness. I like our local coaches at the college level. Oh, yeah. I like Ryan Odom. I love Tony Bennett at UVA. He might be the best college coach in America. He really might be. But from the the professional standpoint here for coaches, I would have to give it to Andy Reid, the coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they're same with Patrick Mahomes, right? That combination has been so good. And Andy Reid just... I love his demeanor, right? Like he's this yeah. chunky guy with his mustache, always talks about eating hamburgers and <laughs> and fries, but he's like a monster on the sideline. Like you don't want to piss him off. No. And he like he he's his players fear him for that, right? Ooh. And I think because of that they play to well. a higher level and he's an offensive genius. He's he's dominated the AFC and the NFC for 20 years. He wow. was the only coach to win back-to-back divisional champions in the NFC East with the Eagles. Now he went to Kansas City and won two Super Bowls, something he couldn't do in Philadelphia. Yeah, so I would absolutely yeah. pick I him I as the best coach in all of sports. Can J.C. I, throw I in his, Ooh, uh, his Who's J.C. Pick? on the mic like? Yeah, My coach pick is Signetti. Oh, at JMU. How about that? You know what? We haven't talked about the Dukes enough on this show. I've let I'm Michael saying. Phillips be the leader of the Dukes, but uh, yeah, they, they're awesome. I mean, JMU, how cool is that, that they're undefeated in football? Crazy. Did you see the latest, Kat, that uh, there's statements coming out now from mayors and governors and senators trying to convince the NCAA to let JMU participate in a bowl game because they're still in a transition year. And, yeah, here's the latest. So a letter was written 
Um, and, and this comes to us today from Shane at DNR Sports. And uh, it's from Jer Moorhead, who is the chair of NCAA Division I Board of Directors. And um, they say that James Madison sought a waiver to reduce our FCS to FBS two-year transition period to one year. And uh, this thing has been shared over wow. 60,000 times on social media. And yeah. uh, it, it just it's unfair it to not let JMU compete because they went from a lower level to a higher level. I would understand if, like, yeah. Virginia Tech went to a lower level and you're just yeah. like, hey— you need two years to transition to a lower level because you're beating up on these guys. Right. But if you're going from a lower level to a higher level, you should be rewarding them. Well, yes. Why give those guys a bowl? Yeah. Why not? It's it's an archaic rule that was probably invented in 1945. Well, it's time for it to go. Oh, yeah. It's election day, so let's have it done. That's a great point. Let's vote on JMU being allowed to play in the bowl game. I vote yes. (laughs) Yes, That's KY, Cat Simons. When can people check you out on the air? Ten to three Monday through Saturday. How? Let me. I always love asking DJs this question. All right. Yeah. How many minutes do you get consecutively before you have to play a song? Hmm. Mm. Well, not many. <laughs> <laughs> not like eleven minutes like this guy. No, I, I, I see. This is why I think I, I miss my calling. I should have been in talk something. Yeah. I I can't do sports like you because you you know your no, stuff. No, but no, but we have an open door policy. All right. I could be a cheerleader. I, I hope you'll still accept me as your work wife, even though I oh, got you yes. eliminated from the pool. You you were helping me. And KY is something that I hold dear. Uh-huh. And it's my honorable KY. <laughs> it's the honorable KY to everyone. Oh, I love that. So please stop by our studio more often. I will. You this make is my fun. day anytime you come by. This That's Cat yeah, Simons. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. Phone lines are open 833 804 0910. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.